You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. For over 70 years, Hercules Tires has been empowering more drivers to ride on the strength of a brand that delivers the performance they demand, the choices they desire, and the affordability they deserve. Plus, the company's comprehensive warranty, called the Hercules Performance Promise Plan, ensures peace of mind to match performance. And now, they're putting a little bread behind the tread with a prepaid MasterCard for up to $70 on qualifying purchases from April 1st through May 15th. Visit HerculesTires.com slash Meat Eater to learn more and find what moves you. Hello everybody and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. Hairy fairy shadow people. Do they pick us when we're young? I am often asked by people if it's possible to hide away a memory that is too difficult to handle at the time. Speaking to hundreds of witnesses over the years has taught me that it's more than possible. In fact, it's very common on a personal level I have filed away memories many of us would assume would always be in the forefront of your mind. For some people it is like that. Their experiences are branded into their brain and they will return to them constantly during the day and the night. Yet others often have no memory at all until something triggers that memory. It can be a smell, a sound, a feeling or even a place. Suddenly, you're taken right back to that day in the past. You can smell, taste and feel it as if you're back there. I remember the smell of lavender and garlic. I remember how warm the sun was. I remember everything about his face, every single crease and crinkle. What I remember the most is abject fear. When I saw the ape man, I was so scared. I locked everything down tight. And I filed it away for as long as I could. All the while, it was eating away at me on the inside. When I finally spilled everything in the interview for Elusive, I started to remember other things that had happened for me growing up. I went back to the park and memories of earlier events flooded back. I had a number of weird events at Hill. You would class each one of them as strange, many of which you've just long forgotten until I began searching for answers of my own. Each visit back then reminded me of an incident I'd long forgotten. I had those incidents filed away separately, each one boxed off in its own little compartment. My daughters would mention events from their childhood that were somewhat impossible or really scary, yet I had forgotten them all until the conversation was had. Lots of, do you remember when this happened? Or... I remember when we were at the park, sentences, each one retelling an incident I can't explain or that scared me so much that my kids saw my fear. A 
suppose it's like that for people who move into a series of haunted houses or, you know, buy lots of haunted furniture. Eventually you work out it's you, not the house or the furniture that you bought. Now I realise the events that happened were all probably related and as I managed somehow to come to terms with each memory, as the witnesses do, a new one can often present itself. This also happens to many people, whether they're witnesses or not. I've met people who have told me that nothing strange has ever happened to them until they hear a report or they'll visit an area, even bumping into an old friend or a relative who remembers an event that you don't. One chap that I've known for many years now and someone I would consider a friend has always had an interest in cryptid, Bigfoot, Dogman, UFOs, you explain. And he never knew where that interest came from. In his later years, he's researched quietly behind the scenes and he's done thousands of hours, I'd have to say. And he's begun to remember some incidents that were lost in time. The first event was something impossible to explain that happened to Steve and it had been hidden away for years until he returned to a place that he knows like the back of his hand. And an old memory from 46 years ago came rushing from the mist. Now, you'll hear Steve's encounter in his own words um, in an interview, but I'd just like to give you a little rundown on it. He said, here is some of the information you asked me for, Deb. It's about my first sighting. Honestly, it's been a difficult one to make. It describes some of my experiences in Ashbridge I had as a child before I was ever involved with this subject. I knew what a woodworth was. I spent many hours playing as a child or visiting over the years on the Ashbridge estate. Last year, when I visited, I had a distinct memory of an incident I'd pushed away. The area is owned and protected by the National Trust and the walks here are beautiful. It's like walking back in time. I felt a feeling of dread when these things are around, when this happens. Even in later incidents, I felt the same. It's always been like that for me. And it's something I've been struggling with as long as I can remember. As a kid, I would call these things, I felt and knew, the hairy, fairy shadow people. If I tried to see them in my mind's eye, I would see a shadowy, hairy figure. I remember distinctly seeing their shadows, but never their faces. It was a feeling that would come over me suddenly and I'd know they were in the trees and the bushes watching me. The feeling isn't ethereal or whisper, it's a very real feeling. It's a knowing rather than a seeing, if that makes sense. It's like eyes boring into you from the woods and the bushes. When we were children, my parents would take us to Ashbridge and we'd play in the woods and hide in the ditches and running up and down just enjoying ourselves. I was probably six or seven years old back then. Myself and my brother, who was four or five, we were just running and playing. And he, my little brother soon got tired and he went back to mum. I felt drawn down into an area where the ditch was and it was thickly wooded in that spot. 46 years ago now, it looks very different. But being there takes me right back to that day. I can hear something moving around. I saw a jerky movement going in and out of the trees. It was like a shadow and it had really shagged, shaggy, you know, fluffy hair. I ran as fast as I could back to mum and dad. Even now, 46 years on, 
I'm very confused by the event itself and the memory returning. I must have repressed that. I think it might be because I was so young and so scared. I remember I didn't tell me mum or my dad. I can still see it now. It was flitting from place to place and it was jerky, but the movements were fluid. I don't think I saw a shadow person. I think I saw the shadow of someone hiding in those trees. I now think it was possibly a woodwalk. I've had a few incidents over the years that I now think are connected. I haven't put the pieces together until I revisited the area last year. Now I have all of the normal questions. What are they? Where are they from? It's on my mind constantly. Other incidents that have happened over the years, I'll talk about at another time. But do they pick you when you're young, Debbie? Is there something different about the people they choose to show themselves to? I don't have an answer for that, to be honest. I'm not really sure, Steve. Let's listen to the encounter as Steve tells it about what he experienced that day. I think it was in this general area. Uh, This has happened a few times when I've been to Ashridge throughout my life before I was even involved in this subject. I think one one was around this area somewhere. one further down on the ridge. This, I mean, I used to come to Ashwood very regularly, quite a lot, especially during my sort of teenager, teenage up into my early 20s. Uh, we'd come here quite a bit. Uh, it's very popular around here, Ashridge. So what was this? I was sensing something here all that time. It wouldn't happen every time I come here. The odd time it would. Uh, a feeling of being surrounded a feeling of eyes burning into you. Um, you're looking into the shadows, into the dark areas. Um, it's sort of a doomy... People who know about these creatures and have felt it, it's very a feeling, a dread feeling, maybe. It's not a good feeling. <laughs> uh, so, when I was little, uh, my dad used to say to me and my brother, come on you couple of hairy fairies. <laughs> uh, and even though I couldn't see these things that are around me, on these occasions I felt them around me, I was probably with other people at the time, but I, I was very quick to pick up on it. Um, I used to think of them as hairy fairy shadow people. Uh, I suppose... When I was about, I don't know, nine, ten, um, my first inkling there was a thing called Bigfoot and Yeti was Arthur Clark's Mysterious World. I love stuff like that, you know, but I never heard of a woodwose, and I never imagined them being in this country. I just wouldn't have uh, thought of it. <laughs> so, to me, these things were like nature hairy fairy shadow people, that's what they were. When I saw them in my mind's eye, they were like hairy shadows. Uh, although I didn't see them, I just felt them. Uh, you're always looking off into the shadows. But what put that in my head? Uh, yeah, it used to be a bit of a joke. You, uh, my dad calling us hairy fairies or whatever. And we used to laugh about it and call each other hairy fairies. But 
yeah, that's what they always were to me, hairy, fairy, sh <laughs> shadow people. Um, but yeah, the feeling's real, real. It's real. You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or... House cleaning. Or... Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The oppressive... Not oppressive, but... You know, no doubt. It leaves you with no doubt. It's that strong a feeling. Um, so this is a, roughly one of the areas I felt them in once. Um, I was right down there. Uh, one of the other times I felt it. The eyes looking, looking into the shadows. You start looking once you feel those eyes for where it might be coming from. Uh, and I was right down there. When we were little, this was a lot bigger. Yeah, we can run up and down through here. I mean, I'm thinking, we used to come here multiple times, we used to play here multiple times. Uh, we're not far from the Beddington Monument, so, you know, mums and kids ain't going to walk far. <laughs> My mum and dad were probably up there having a picnic or something. Uh, yeah, we'd run up and down through here. I, I put, when this actually happened, around um, when I was uh, about six or seven years old, I would say, about six or seven years old, and I did a couple more laps, and I got drew down. I don't know why, I just went down there. Uh, I was running around and then I got through down into this area you can see behind you. I'll turn you around. Into there. Uh, you could bear in mind this is 46 years ago, so it ain't going to look exactly the same. Um, and that's where I was drawn down to. Um, yeah, in these trees here, I was, obviously I was a bit shorter then. <laughs> uh, and it looks a bit different, but I remember very spindly trees. But remember, maybe it's because I was lower. Yeah. Um, so I come down here, and I can hear something moving about, and I see this what I can describe as a 
darting around like a, a demented mouse, you know, jerky movements in and out of trees, flipping from one place to the other. And it's just like a shadow, and it had like a, his hair was like a blooming a mop, all frizzed out and really sort of wild hair, and it was just a shadow. And I walked in a bit, I suppose a couple of metres, um, when I actually saw what was making the noise, although it was flitting in and out of trees, it was just a silhouette, I legged it back to my mum and dad. Right, so what actually happened is, about a year ago, I come back here and I saw that itch, and that triggered this memory. I think it's a repressed memory. I'm convinced it happened now, because I could feel the fear, you know, like when I remembered it, going in there and then running out. Why did I think they were hairy fairy shadow people, if I never saw that? I, don't, I, I didn't know anything about Woodwose. <laughs> I didn't even know what a Woodwose was. Um, all I knew was I saw that thing, but I must have repressed that because it was only when I come back here and saw that ditch about, uh, just over a year ago that this memory just come back like that. Um, and I couldn't believe I thought, how could you forget something like that? So it must have been a repressed memory. Maybe it's because I was so young and I was so scared and I know I, I didn't mention it to my mum and dad. I know I didn't. I'm going to say that is my first sighting encounter with one of these woodwose things. I can just see it now darting in and out it's like a mouse, you know, they've got jerky movements, but fluid at the same time. And it was, it was a sort of footsteps, you know, like on dried leaves like it is here. Um, I didn't get a good sight in it, I didn't see its face, I saw its shadow, uh, you know, lighting comes into play. As I say, 46 years ago this could have looked a bit different. And under these trees, you can see it's very dark, isn't it? Because it's got a very thick canopy, low canopy. You see, this got me to wondering, you know, where did the, all this start? And until I remembered this, and God knows why I wouldn't, because I've been into this subject for quite a while before this, I come back here and this memory got triggered. And this, a lot of, a lot of people who are researchers have had encounters, and a lot of the time it's when they've been young or little. It was in this case. I, I think Deborah was 15, wasn't she? Um, and something happens like where you, some people bury it and don't want to know. Other people become obsessed with it. What, it's, 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 it's a big question, isn't it? What are they? What are, what, what are you, Woodworth? What are you? Um, and yeah, some people become obsessed with this, like me. I, I admit it, I'm obsessed with it. I think about it all the time. Um, there's a lot worse hobbies. <laughs> uh, 
I could be one of those mountain bikers up at my research area who do these death-defying jumps, who could break their neck. There's free ambulances up there every week, people you know, crashing and doing. Uh, there's a lot worse things you could do, but you, it's also, you're getting out in the fresh air in the woods, isn't it, as well. That's very good. Uh, healthy hobby. Keeps you fit. <laughs> Finally, I found this place because I come back a, a couple of weeks ago trying to find it. I couldn't find it for the life of me. I was just missing the spot every time. I knew it was roughly where it was, but it was a little bit off where I thought it was. But anyway, I've, I've, I've refound really it. That's what I want to say about this encounter. There's not a lot to say about it, but what I wonder is. Do they pick us? Do they pick us when we're young? For, does that sound a strange question? Uh, is it some sort of thing that happens? They pick us, certain people, to be aware of them when we're young. Is it some something about us? I mean, they might see a hundred people and only one. You know, is it because you're sensitive, or what's the reason? I have the same questions as Steve. Are we chosen when we're younger? We're just unfortunate that we can pick up and see or feel these beings. I mean, it's different for everybody, I know. But it does sometimes feel to me like certain people are contacted, targeted, whatever word you want to put to it, when they're very, very young. Um, and it's not a pleasant experience. For most of us, I mean, I would imagine there's people out there who had a positive experience as children, but I haven't met many of them. And as the same as Steve, people go on to have experiences in later life. And Steve had an experience in February of this year, and I'm going to share that with you. And he actually filmed it himself, and he explains the event and some of his thoughts that he had afterwards. And I wanted to include that because he talks about the doubt. And I think he even asks at one point if it's even the same for me. Do I feel doubt? And I still doubt myself, even to this day. You go through lots of different questions, kind of like, what if there was a gas leak? Well, I would remember the smell of gas. If I remember the smell of lavender, I'd remember the smell of gas. You know, what if it was an hallucination? Well, I wasn't on my own. So we both must have been hallucinating. What if it was a time slip? Possibility. Possibly it could be that. Could be a paranormal experience. Could be supernatural. Could be otherworldly. Could be flesh and blood. I just don't know. But I do know that I ask the same questions now that I probably asked myself within the first 24 hours. Other than the, you know, is he going to come find me? Is he going to come to the house? Am I going to see him again? You have all those doubts. You actually tear yourself to pieces and all honesty. Ruin your own credibility, let alone others doing it for you. It's not often the spiritual awakening that most people think it is. It's not. It's like trying to describe a train crash before it happens, how we'd feel if you'd never heard about train crashes and you'd never seen one. You don't really have the words to explain it. Until you've been in that situation, it's all right to say, this is what I would do. I'd get a really good picture. I would have gone and looked for footprints. I would have pulled the hair out. 
if you're confronted with something that is all your nightmares rolled into one, that's three or four times bigger than your dad, you don't even think about anything. Your brain doesn't think. You just automatically go into abject fear. And um, the natural process takes over for all of us. But have a listen to what Steve's got to say now about the event that happened in February. And I think his theory is probably spot on. At the time, the River Ouse had burst its banks and it had receded during the night. So there probably were some edible fish or, you know, marine life, whatever name you're supposed to call them. It trapped in that field. Um, early humans used to hunt like that, you know. It was We even had a special basket that we'd make for that. You'd just run along the field in about a foot of water and you can just scoop the fish out. So I think maybe that's why Steve had spotted him when so many other people probably wouldn't. But I'll let you do Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sign for yourself. Right, I've just come back. Uh, this is after I've knocked off work. Uh, quite a way down this road I keep getting glimpses of this sort of view from different perspectives and I'm sure I saw waves. So in this general area here, you see that row, it comes from behind that hedgerow which is like, there's a second field over there and it were like wading through there and it were very long haired and if you can imagine the hands curled up, the hairs come from the cuff area over its hands it were like not super dark black like these ones that absorb light it were probably a charcoal grey colour but it, it was sil silhouetted against the water here and I'm just looking if there's anything there that I could be mistaken for it but there ain't uh, it were a big boy <laughs> yeah definitely a big boy anyway you come from different perspectives, he he come over this sort of line and he was wading through the water here looking down, bending down every now and again looking and, and at one point he put his hand over the water uh, so yeah I'll just come back to double check I, I want to get it clear in my own mind I because when you're going along a road I, I slowed right down to about 35, there was no one um, no one behind me uh, so I could slow down and he sort of come round that area where I'm looking now but he come from sort of when I first saw him he was just coming over that line and he come through here what waiting he was looking for something or he was foraging or fishing I don't know what he was doing uh, he had long long hair over his waist 
uh, face, but but he weren't like he weren't like slim at the waist and top heavy. He was thick all the way down, really really thick dude. I reckon over eight and a half foot, easy. Uh, and there's nothing there I can see. I just wanted to clarify this in my own mind because when you're driving along, you're seeing it from different perspectives. And I had about three glimpses of this area coming up this road from Kraken Hill. Well, I'm on Kraken Hill uh, from where I I turn onto this road. And it's the road from Harold to Lavender. And I'll give you the coordinates of where I saw the site in. But you were a big dude, you really were. One of uh, what I call the Bedfordshire big boys because everybody else seems to think they're smaller in this country. But there you go. He was really big. I think he was over eight and a half. He could have been nine, even more. But he was big, big as in not tall, big, but big, big. <laughs> if you don't mind, really thick, thick, straight all the way down, not narrow at the waist like Pixel Rose, who's very shoulders and chest. Well, this is where I saw it anyway. And it's the 1st of February, 2021. I saw this approximately half nine, ten in the morning. Um, no, probably more like ten. Um, on my way to work. But this is where the ewes has burst its bank and come over the fields. The ewes is in that direction. Um, so the river who's bursting its banks. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? What was he looking for? What was he foraging? Was he fishing? Was he needling? I don't know. But this is where I saw him. That'd be my sort of fourth sighting, wouldn't it? Just give you another perspective, uh, a bit further down where I was looking at him. Uh, yeah, we'd have come from behind there somewhere when I was seeing him. And you know, when you're driving along, from different perspectives, you've got trees flashing past. Uh, it can seem like the subject's moving when it's actually you moving, but the bit I can't get over is he was definitely more upright at some points and bending down. It might have given an appearance to be moving, but it was more like it was upright and then bending down to look and then up again. Uh, obviously, he was silhouetted against, against the water, so I couldn't make out any mega detail, but he wasn't super, super black, like, see that bush? You know, it was moderately similar to that colour. It looks blackish, but it wasn't, like, super, super black. Another perspective, even further back, well, I've seen him. <coughs> yeah, that area was, was that more or less exactly well, that white area. Exactly where I saw him from that bit. And there was a bit one further back. Do you realise how cold that water is? How cold it is? I've, I've kind of glimpsed him three times. I mean, as I say, you've got t trees flashing by. You're trying to keep your eyes on it and concentrate on being on the road, obviously. Although there weren't much traffic around. I think the thing is, because I've got them on my brain, <laughs> Uh, same with the footprints, I'm keyed into them. I know what to look for. My eyes are drawn straight there when I see those characteristics. And obviously, the river bursts in its banks. Uh, a lot of localised flooding. Every every bridge is shut. Every bridge, bridge is shut. Water over the road on every bridge around here. Could uh, 
change our habits. There is a lot of woes around here. Harold Country Park, we're just walking into Harold now. Uh, Odell Woods, Jambrook Woods, yeah, plenty of woes around here. So no surprise. Maybe we've gone down there to do a bit of fishing or something, I don't know what they do. But it could have changed things, the flooding. Uh, I ought to check more along the river. Uh, I've, I've looked at the ooze on the other side of Bedford. Not so much round here, it's been more concentrated on the woodlands. But yeah, I'm, I'm now convinced that I just wanted to go back and check that that couldn't have been something I was mistaken. Because uh, as I say, it can look like it's moving, where well, you're the one that's moving. He definitely was bending down every now and again and looking. He even scooped his hand down into the water at one point. And that's where I saw the air was over his hands. Uh, he was basically a silhouette against the water there. He were basically a silhouette. Um, of course he would be against that water, wouldn't he? I'm coming back at roughly the same time that I saw this thing yesterday. Because there's always the chance, isn't there? I mean, it might be a real outside uh, chance. Uh, but I might see it again. Uh, you never know, do you? So I bought the DSLR with me, just in case. It's only a short walk, so why not? Uh, big thighs on it. I did notice that. Big thighs. They're very prominent, the thighs. I don't know if that's because it was bending down a lot to look in the water, but I did notice big thighs. Uh, I do think it did have longer arms than a human, uh, especially the forearm. His head was very much in proportion with its body, as a human would be, you know. He didn't have a, a small pinhead, is what I'm trying to say. And mostly, it had its hand like that, it was carrying its hands like that, curled up. And as I say, you can see the uh, hair from the cuff over the hands. Here's the last point I saw it. I ain't seeing now. Not yet, anyway. Could be further off, it could be anywhere in the area if it was here. And maybe it was a one off fluke, which it probably was. <laughs> it's worth a try, isn't it? <laughs> you can see how it's flooded both fields the ears as. You never know what's going to pop up, do you? How many roadside crossing encounters have we had? It would have been difficult for me to get a shot of it because there's nowhere to pull over here. I would have just had to stick the hazards on, get off a sharp bend, and then run out and start filming. I would have had to risk it, wouldn't I? But at the time, I didn't risk stopping. Uh, there were no one behind me, but you know, you can see how it snakes the road. And if he went over that rise, they probably necessarily wouldn't have seen me where I actually, was the last point I saw it. You know, I could have got an accident or something. Because his, his face looked oval and a bit of a highlight on his thigh, where I saw a bit of light struck him. It just wasn't enough to be able to even see any features of the face or anything like that. As I say, he probably had hair hanging down over his face because he had sort of longish hair and the hair coming off his cuffs 
Now, what I think was, this is logical, right? Because if he's had his hands in the water, it's going to come, it's going to weigh his hair down, and it cut, it's going to stick together, it's wet, into more of a point. So that that's quite logical, isn't it? If you think about it. And I was thinking about this, if you look where the water is at the bottom of the bushes, right? I doubt that he's even 10 inches high in places or even shallower. But what what these fields are is like really rough uh, gra sheep grazing land. You know, it's basically grass and a little bit scrubby. My theory is there's nothing there for him to have apart from fish. Now, if the user's burst its banks and the fish have got stuck in the shallows, that's easy pickings for him, isn't it? That is possibly why he's come out. Um, he was moving very slowly, and as I say, that he's more upright there. He was always hunched forward to a certain extent, because they carry themselves like that. I mean, in fact, that is probably what drew my eye to him in the first place. It was more the posture and how he carried himself. So, yeah, I reckon that is the most likely explanation, that he was taking advantage of an easy meal picking fish off. By the way, do remember I was in a van, so I was a, my vantage point when I was taking those photographs was a lot higher up. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk about the reality of having a sighting. A couple, just quickly address a couple of points. I mean, I think when people think of sightings and they've listened to reports, a whale or Bigfoot or whatever will just come out in front of me and go, here I am. Well, it, 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 the reality isn't like that. Well, it might be for some people. Some people might have face-to-face -face close encounters. But I think they're quite rare, in my opinion. I mean, when you listen to these encounters, take note of the actual distance people say, so many yards, whatever. And then actually go out and measure it out, get a mate to stand there, and then think, well, if that was in that sort of scenery, what really would you expect to see? I mean, with this one, I mean, I really haven't ever seen one's face proper. But, and I didn't see this one. You'd think if I, it broad daylight, it was facing me. It obviously was silhouetted. The light wasn't in my favour. And from that distance, I couldn't make out any eyes, even an eye socket or any feature of the face. And the most I could say was it's a very oval-like face. They, they can move very fast, it can be split seconds, uh, it could be a distance, it could be in brush or obscured. The other reality of encounters, I think, what well, every encounter I've had, there's always an element of doubt. You have this element of doubt, even if it's plain as day right in front of you, it's like, did I really see that? And so I've been wanting to shoot this video about my first sighting because uh, the thing is I want to take you to see the place where it was I want to take you to have a look at this place the other thing that I'm going to say about the reality of having an encounter right the reality of having an encounter is you don't just get to decide when it happens you don't get to decide how it happens you don't get to decide what sort of encounter you have. You don't get to decide what the creature looks like. Everything is completely out of your control.
<laughs> uh, yeah, what I'm saying is, you don't get you don't get to decide what they look like, and I think they're more varied than what we are with build type. Think how varied we are. Same thing here, I think, even more so, especially if they are hybrid. If it turns out they are hybrid, um, there's going to be more variation, and like I say, that with all four of my encounters, and if I bung pixel waves into that as well and call it five everyone looked different I mean <coughs> so let's go for my encounters number one shadowy figure obviously with with a head like a mop I know that might seem an odd description but he had hair everywhere like a bloody mop right uh, second encounter tall tallest one I've seen really super tall but lanky, athletic, big bones, but not muscular and big, just lanky, like a athletic sort of basketball type body. Uh, leaping waves is only about six foot tall, short hair, nice and shiny coat, bounced up a little bit, but very fairly short haired. Um, pixel waves, very V cut, all shoulders, slim waist, big thighs. Big upper body. Um, this one. Well, you've heard the Chewbacca man story, right? Some are long haired. My one could be a Wookiee, really, can he? Be like a Wookiee. If I. I mean, I've got a feeling that his hair was so covered in face, that's the re Apart from the fact he was silhouetted, that's the reason I couldn't really pick out anything about the face, apart from it's a roughly ovular type of face. Uh, I've had Fu Manchu moustache one, I've a big bushy beard one, uh, wasn't the one Deborah saw, someone else saw it and it had a pot belly, most people will see him, the most common description of the nose, it's like a boxer's nose where it's been punched in the nose too many times, so many descriptions, right, so <coughs> you don't get to decide what they're going to look like, I mean, some look like a, a human face on an animal's body and that is the, probably the scariest in my opinion some look very ape-like, some look like proto-humans so there's there a lot of variation in there I think right you don't get to decide if it's going to be an aggressive encounter or where it's just going to walk off right you don't get to decide that you don't get to decide whether it's going to be swinging from a tree or you don't get to decide if it's going to be crawling along the ground like a spider or barreling along on all fours or on two feet. You don't, you don't get to decide nothing. You think people have an expectation of what it would be like to encounter one of these things but every time you see one, that ain't not what you're going to get. <laughs> I can guarantee it. There's always going to be something that's different or what you don't expect. Um, <coughs> Yeah, you, you just, you don't get to decide anything, you, you, whatever you're expecting, you're not going to get it, and guaranteed, when you see it, it's going to shock you, it ain't going to be what you expect, you'll be wondering what the bloody hell it is, you, you've got no control over what you're going to see, and don't think what you expect to see is what you are going to see. No, not one of my woes, they look like they could be 
a different thing altogether, each one, it, they're not the same, <laughs> in my experience. I mean, I've, I've heard uh, two sort of comparative descriptions. One encounter, the bloke said, this was a pristine animal. It was absolutely magnificent to watch. A uh, glossy, groomed appearance. It looked spectacular. Another bloke says, what I saw looked like it had been dragged through a swamp backwards, had faecal matter stuck to its fur, all sorts of leaf, leaf debris, dishevelled, bald in places, uh, you know, air ripped out. It, it looked like a I don't know what. So there is two very contrasting different perspectives on what we consider might be a similar creature. Ape-like or human-like. Pristine or straggly and horrible and smelly and <laughs> whatever. Some people report smell, some people don't. I mean you might have an encounter where it vocalises. I mean, I remember one encounter, this bloke said he just leaned out of the bushes and screamed in his face, and it shook him to the very core. Right, screamed in his face, super loud. His whole body vibrated, every organ in his body vibrated. Right, and then you get an encounter where you don't hear zilch, not even a footstep. First encounter, I heard it moving about. Second encounter is too far away for me to hear anything. Fourth encounter is too far away for me to hear anything. Leaping most on the other hand, he barks like a deer, really super loud. Every time I go up there, every time, without fail, he keeps barking like a bloody deer. They imitate animal sounds. Don't think every set animal sound is what it is. You know, if you hear an owl, it might not be an owl. If you hear a deer, it might not be a deer. Well, Leaping Wave's got this thing. He barks like a bloody deer. Every time I go up there, every time, without fail. You don't, you don't know what, whether it's going to chuck rocks at you or you don't know if it's going to do chuck things at you. You don't know what it's going to do, do you? I mean, you, it could be literally anything. That, that's the thing about encounters. The reality of having an encounter, unexpected things can happen and it will not be when you're expecting it. <laughs> uh, you know, some of my audible encounters, well, which are far more numerous, I was expecting to see something in some of them, but I never did. You know, even the characters and temperaments are going to be different. You could get Mr. Super Nasty, who's in a bad, you've got off, out of the bed on the wrong side of the bed, and you, you're going to get a horrific encounter. And then you can get someone who's just going to look at you and walk off and do nothing. Uh, temperament, we're all different aren't we? You get nice people and you get obnoxious people and you get violent people. Why should they be any different? They're wild. They they wear their emotions on their sleeve. That's that's what being wild is. If it if it's angry, you're gonna know it. <laughs> Simple as that, isn't it? They they're not gonna hold back their emotions. Well, Obviously they can look that different. There's no way you can... You've got any control over what you're going to see. It's it, it never going to be like you expect it to be. Um, it just ain't. 
that that is the reality of an encounter. Uh, leaping rope seems like a bloody bullet out of a gun. You, your eyes could barely keep up with it. Uh, you could you might see something like that. You know, something moving at great speed. You might have nanoseconds <laughs> to clock it. So there you have it. That's an honest view of what it's like to witness something. Steve will probably doubt himself over the sighting in February for many, many years to come. And that's just how it is. It's all part of the territory. Unfortunately, none of us get to sit down with them and ask the questions that so many of us have. I hope you enjoyed that and I'll be back next week as normal. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.